put paste and delay creates. I give all the credit to folks with these incredible streaks and, you know, all that, that, you know, can go for months and never take a day off. Not me. <laughs> I'm not built that way. I can see the quality in a hard 40 minute workout. I don't need to be at the gym for two hours. You know, like show up, knock it out and get that done. Be precise about it. And that's it. And if the plan is going to say, take tomorrow off, then damn it, take tomorrow off. That's J. Mike Remy. If you want to learn how tracking your data can improve your training, then you should listen to this episode of Master of Some. Let's go. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Aaron So, a.k.a. D-Lake. Tips and tactics you could train like a pro. This cast to help you and faster than you could go. All the PR should compete in course records that comes in your upcoming season. Right. Don't you agree? Endurance sports, a metaphor for life. That's that metaphor, baby. Eating clean so you can rest and sleep all night. Don't master a lot. Don't master a little. Just stay in the middle. Don't master all. Don't master none. Just be, just be a master of some. What is up? As stated in the intro, I'm Darren and sometimes go as D-Lake. Your host of Master of Some, the internet's most exciting health and fitness podcast. We tell people's endurance sports stories so they can master some of the health, some of the fitness, and even some of their life. It's all the same. We also want to show you how to perform better as you get older. And we do all that through podcast conversations and stories. A few things before we start. First, based on that intro, you could tell that we do not take ourselves too seriously. Think audio meme or crazy YouTube explainer videos. There's a bunch of music, sound effects, internet samples, and jokes. We also use some adult bad language. Endurance sports are fun, and the podcast listening experience should be too. Second, this was created in Sydney, Australia. Because of that, we acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Euro Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land. We pay our respects to the elders past, present, and future. Last, this show is accessible and has a transcription. Go to the show notes or masterofsomepod.com slash show notes to find the transcription PDF. A quick overview of what to expect in this episode. First, I'll do an intro of the guest. Next, we'll move into the warm-up set with some fun, fast questions. Then it's the main set based around the theme of the podcast title. Last, we'll wrap it with a cool-down section to get to know the guest more outside of health and fitness. Some episode highlights, a.k.a. why you should listen, a.k.a. TLDR. We'll be touching on what about data analysis exactly is important in running and endurance training, why he thinks accuracy is more important than consistency. Very, very good point that he makes. Why and how he tracked for 400 days straight what he ate down to the exact calorie, and much more. A little background on Jean-Mike Remy. Uh, Everybody who really knows me calls me Remy. He was born in Haiti, but he's now Massachusetts, USA-based, and he likes to sweat. Uh, he's a three-hour, 57-marathoner and a five-hour, 58-minute DIY 50K runner. His backstory is quite interesting. He had been overweight for a few years, living a what he would say an unhealthy lifestyle, and he had some blood tests done that showed a potential dangerous future. Uh, data specialist by day, father of two at night, and if aliens were to come down and say hello... I just hope that I could represent mankind well, you know what I mean? Without further babbling, let's get on to the conversation. We'll get to know the guest more with the warm-up set we call... <laughs> the five, five Furious... Fast and Furious... Fantasy. I'll be up in the gym just working on my... Fitness... Facts. 
five Fast and Furious fitness facts. That's five Fs, too. I really like that. Uh, AKA, get to know your local corner store master of some. Because, you know, we're just hanging out at the corner store. And you're like, I want to know more about you. This is what this this podcast uh, segment is for. Here we go. One, what does Black Lives Matter mean in the context and lens of being an endurance athlete? Uh, so, yeah, this is quick. So just, you know, a few words if possible. Not Don't just see me, but understand me and what it took for me to get here. Okay. I like that. Someone will steal all of your bikes and throw away your running shoes if you don't pick one right now. Bike or run. You have to pick one. And why? Easy, easy bike every day. Wow, wow! I really, I want to jump in on that, but interesting, interesting. Yeah, the run is fun, but the bike all day, man. That's where my heart's at. All right, well, since you said bike, there's a sixth now. Um, so sue me, apologies, listeners. Which kind of bike? What metal? Or, or sorry, what kind of uh, uh, bike material? Because they're, they're not all metal. Steel, titanium, uh, aluminum, or carbon? Got to pick one. Oof. I'm good with aluminum. Um, let's be clear. Roadie only. I don't do that, that mountain bike off-road. I tried it. That's a little too extreme for me. You don't gravel? You don't gravel? I'm gravel curious. I think my <laughs> next bike might be a gravel bike. <laughs> <laughs> Your 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 uh your plus right you're, cur- you're curious yeah yeah that's it that's it you know I might I might t- try it out a little bit. <laughs> um, why did you become a plant based athlete? Uh, you know that was just a progression. You know I didn't like set out one day and say um, declaring I'm off meat, but. As I started cleaning up um, my nutrition and tightening things up, it just came to me that like I, I'm only really having chicken one meal a day, if that, like maybe two, three times a week. So pulling it out completely was nothing. Mm, makes sense. Get, 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 get Again, some will steal all your workout equipment. You have to pick one. City. Boston or Phoenix? Because I think you're originally from Phoenix, right? <laughs> uh, not originally, but I did go to school out there, and I left pieces of my heart out there. Uh, there's some unfinished business out there. Um, oh, damn. You, ah, uh, Boston. Boston. Boston's got some rough winters, man. Uh, well, you know, it's got some rough winters, but those rough winters make rough people, you know what I mean? I like that. Oh, man, the obstacle is the way, man. Yeah, adversity makes you stronger and better. Back in the days when I was young, what five words would you tell your 20-year-old self if you could go back? Because I think you're close to 40. You're closer to 40 than you are 20. Uh, so so it, it kind of is that half-age thing. Um, so, yeah, what would you say? Uh, five words. Nobody else knows what they're doing. Hmm. It's good. All right. Well, this is the setup, hopefully, for, uh, for, the, for part two, which is the main part of the episode. This is the big question of all questions, the last one to end this. What does data analysis endurance sports mean to you? It's like playing a real-life video game. Elaborate. I like that. Elaborate. 
So I grew up gaming and uh, there was always a way to level up that character and get to the next level and, you know, get get the endurance, the speed, the strength and whatever. And sometimes you come around and I'm going to get real nerdy in a sec here, but um, you'll be playing that game and, oh, I got the plus five agility boots and all this and that. Well, tracking all these metrics in endurance sports, I feel gives me a way to quantify my personal level up, right? So I may not necessarily be winning Boston, but I know by keeping all these numbers, I can track my progress and see how I've leveled up. I don't need to compare with this and that. I don't need all the awards and accolades, but I'm playing my own video game and I'm leveling up on a pretty regular basis. That's it, man. That's dope. That, that's 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 one of the reasons why I do it, and I 100% agree, and I try to tell a lot of people about that, uh, you know, this whole endurance sport game, health and fitness. It's like you can really only compete against yourself, and it's a beautiful thing, and, you know, you you only lose when you, when you don't show up. So I'll save that for the main interview, but thank you for your five fast, fun fitness facts. Congratulations. Warm-up Warm up complete. Ah, uh, damn. Okay, yeah. This is that spot that awkward spot where most podcasts do the, if you like this episode, then you should follow us sales pitch. And while I'm usually contrarian and go left when everyone else goes right, if you like this episode, then you should follow us on whatever app you listen to and hit that subscribe or follow button like you punch hills in all of your training. Yes, do it now, please. This is so that we can help serve the world with dope stories that help people race and train better as they get older. Oh, and after that, why not share a link to a friend of your favorite episode? Yes, right now. Go do it. We'll wait. On to the next set based around the topic of this podcast. But right after the ad break. This episode was brought to you by Most Coach. We show you as you get older how to perform better in health, fitness, wellness, endurance sports, and life. We're all getting older, so rather than being like most humans on the earth and declining, why not be better, stronger, smarter, faster, and more wise than the 10 years ago version of yourself? Our NLP trained coaching experience will help you live your best life through habits and intentional decision making. Go to masterofsomepod.com slash coach or email us talk at delaycreates.com, spell the normal way, to book a free consultation call today. Main set. On to the main set with Remy, where we speak more in depth on data analysis and accountability through the lens of health, fitness, endurance sports, and life. So, Mr. Remy, thank you for your time. Um, I know you have a very complex, in a good way, sort of background in life, and I'll, I'll intertwine a bit of that from a conversation we had before with this conversation, but I really thought that you were better suited for this this kind of idea and, and framework around just data and accountability and, you know, fitness and health and endurance sports. So let's kind of take the conversation a bit that way. Um, you, you answered, you know, what data analysis and endurance sports meant to you. I love the video game analogy, leveling up. It's always a great thing. What is your driving force? So if you were to build on that answer, so what's your driving force to run, cycle, and lift? And the driving force, really, um, beyond just being things that I like to do, 
um, it's really my joy. You know, there's, um, there's so much that you absolutely have to do, right? Like you have your responsibilities. I got to get this report done in time. I got to make these meetings. I got to pay the mortgage. I got to, got to, got to. But what about the things I want to, right? All those things that I have to do, I try to bang them out to make space for the times that I want to do. And that's really the driving force, you know, just carving out time to do that. And I mean, it could have been any, a list of, the list of activities could go on and on because there's just a bunch of other stuff that when the season's right, I want to rock climb. I want to kayak. I want to, I just like to sweat. If I'm honest, like it doesn't really matter what it is or how good or bad I am at it. My driving force is I, I want that time to just let it out and sweat. That's great. That is very well put. Uh, I, I, I like it's like watering your curiosity. It's something I need to work on more because there's a lot of things I set myself up to having to do or needing to do. And then it's like, well, what, what does Darren want to do? And, um, you know, like, I think a lot of people probably do too much of what they want to do and not enough of what they need to do. And I might fall in the bucket of the, the opposite. So having a, a good balance of the two and, and understanding that is, is a great thing. What does consistency mean to you as a data analyst? I guess let's, let's back it up. Tell me a bit more about your your job, or you know, really briefly about what what your work is, your day to day, and then like what consistency means to you being a data analyst. So consistency is huge. Um, as far as what I do, uh, in a nutshell, uh, a lot of data inoperability and making sure things uh, seamlessly transition from one system to the next and get formatted in the right way, um, whether that be uh, for single sign-on and making sure you can uh, use all your different platforms with one login, or just making sure that once you enter something here, it gets formatted, converted, and spit back in the right way that makes sense to the end user on the other side. Um, so with that, Consistency is huge, but more than that is accuracy. And I think that kind of uh, gets lost, especially in some of this uh, endurance world, right? Like I see a lot of folks um, stress over X number of miles, or I know spe specifically runners that are only runners will try to round out like, oh, I can't stop at, you know, 9.92 miles. I got to round it out to 10. And, you know, that that's that might be what you're thinking. But for me, that accuracy, if it's 9.25, I want to make sure that it is exactly 9.25. Because that, that accuracy gives me something quantitative that you can work with and something that you can then break down, you know? So if it's 60 minutes of running, then it's 60 minutes. If it's 45 minutes and 38 seconds, then that's what it is. We're not going to round up. We're not going to round down. And part of that in my personal world is we're taking things out to like the sixth decimal place. There is no rounding, right? So it needs to be accurate, but consistently getting it accurate is important 
right? Like if that merges together, it can't just be sometimes we're going to take it to two decimal places. Sometimes we're going to take it out to six. It needs to be consistently accurate day in, day out. So when something goes off, you can always go back and say like, well, this is the formula that it's been. And this is what it's always been. No variation, no deviation in that. So we can always find where the trouble parts are and what to address and fix. That <laughs> I, I really like that, that um, accuracy over consistency. That, that's a really good way to, to kind of frame it and set it up. Um, doing the right things. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd even take that a step further. Doing the right things versus doing a lot of things or um, dumbing it down. Working smart versus working hard. There um, it is. Yeah, because you can you can show up, right? Like you can go ahead and um, I'm not, I give all the credit to folks with these incredible streaks and, you know, all that, that, you know, can go for months and never take a day off. Not me. That's not for me. <laughs> I'm not built that way. You know, like I can see the quality in a hard 30, 40 minute workout. I don't need to be at the gym for two hours. You know, like show up, knock it out and get that done. Be precise about it. Be sharp. Know what you're going to do. Bang it out. And that's it. Yeah. And if the plan is going to say take tomorrow off, then damn it, take tomorrow off. Yeah. 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 I could, I could go on a rant about that. Um, tell me more about how you tracked your nutrition for over 400 days straight. I heard that. Um, I did a bit of research on you. Heard that in the, the podcast with uh, Rambling Runner. Um, so you track, so you got into it and you, you, you're like me, you're obsessive or, you know, very, very passionate. I don't like obsessive that, that, uh, that has a negative connotation to it. I'm very, very passionate, uh, about my, my tracking metrics. I get excited about it. I'm pretty sure you do too. So tell me more about that. And, um, if you could just tell me what new insights did you gain from that use of, of tracking 400 days straight and moving forward? Man, it was like, I was meeting myself for the first time after the first 100 days. I was like, who is this guy? So talking about, um, you know, on one side, it was very much like this, uh, you know, I live data, that's that's my day-to-day, -day. this is how I literally pay the bills. So now that I'm getting data on myself, there's that much more meaning to it, right? So I'm excited just having a metric to track. And that's where it really got started for me. I didn't even have one of these GPS watches at the time. That took it to a whole other level. But just logging everything that went into my mouth and then seeing how I felt, you know, it's like an input-output, right? I ate this, so I felt like that, and I was able to do this. Next day, ate this much of this, felt this much better, and I was able to perform at this level. Ooh, and then I ate that. And I didn't feel so good. Let's have less of that. And the big takeaway there was um, a, I hate to use the word diet because everybody takes that the wrong way. But like a good nutrition plan is boring. And that's what I really found out, right? Like as I started taking stuff away and seeing what made me feel good, what I enjoyed and talking about the things I like to do, right? Like, when I get into the gym and start moving some weights, I feel good after I have simple grains and lots of greens. I feel real good. I don't feel so good after I've had a whole lot of sugar. I don't feel so good after. And then, you know, it just like started to 
really get in tune with my own rhythm and my own cycle, my, my own uh, uh, biorhythm to a point where it's like I could I could tell you like, man, I'm going to eat that. And a couple of days later, I'm going to be bloated. It's too much sodium. And I'm just not going to do that to myself. I'm not going to put myself in that situation. So I can now kind of preempt how I think I'm going to feel on this long run. I can preempt how I'm going to feel during this workout, on the bike this day, doing all these other things. And really, I took it to 400 days only because it was uh, it got so clockwork. But after a while, I was only eating like eight things, you know, so like that's that was it. And of course, you season it up. You, you know, it doesn't have to be bland, but eight core things, maybe you know, plus or minus. But it got real simple. So it was, you know, after a while, I didn't need to track it. It was just fun to keep tracking it uh, until one day I, uh, the membership of the app lapsed and was like, oh, do I want to renew for another? Uh, I think I'm good. I think I got it. Oh, that that's what the 400 came from. That that's uh that's good. I I you could even say you know data the data. It's funny because there's all these like I'd say pillars of of for lack of a better word like um pillars of frames, but I won't say that. That's ridiculous. So I'd say there's there's these lenses that you know you look you look through, and it's like I'm gonna look through this with this lens, look through that, and the data tracking turns into habit because you and then you start going or you start realizing well here's the habit here because you're eating the same eight things like you said you know you might vary it on I have a cheat day every uh, Saturday or Sunday um, so you know my cheat day usually is where I vary it but I I am perf- I am sorry I am mentally lazy when it comes to food and I like cooking and creating the, and making the same thing because I put that energy into other places. So um, I just like eating the same thing because I know how many calories it is. I know how I feel. That's the biggest one. You said that about feeling. I know how I feel. I know that you know I'll perform better. I know that it costs this much. I know that it t- like I just know where everything is. I don't have to all these little variables that end up becoming decision fatigue. I don't have to worry about. Um, but then just knowing what to do means that you don't have to track it anymore because of consistency. So it's like data tracking habit. You know what to do because of the habit. Don't need to track anymore because of consistency. So it's almost like a, a perfect little virtuous cycle. I'm big on my virtuous cycles there. And, and you, you framed that for me. Well, yeah, and it's great. Like, you want to talk about that, that autopilot because uh, then going to the grocery store meant that I didn't have to look for anything. Mm. You know, I know where everything I was looking for already is. And these things, I put them in this the combination. You know, I, I'd get asked like, oh, well, what's the recipe for this? Or what's this called? Like foods with specific names, throw that all out. Mm-hmm. Like if it's got a specific name, then you already know it's loaded with stuff that A, you probably don't use to cook with on a regular basis, and B, you probably shouldn't be eating it. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's not the best fuel if you're legit about it. And I mean, not everybody needs to do that, right? I, I also that's not lost on me. Not everybody needs to take it to that level, mm-hmm. right? Some people win the genetic lottery and they can throw whatever else in there and there go. I am not that lucky. Yeah, same. Right? I have to, I got to stay on top of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's part of it, right? Like I am who I am. And prior to uh, taking control of my health, you know, there were, I was on a path to uh, prediabetes mm. and hypertension. So I did have to pay attention to these stuff and I did have to course correct. Uh, Cause if I didn't, 
it was going to go terribly, right? So I definitely get that. That is not necessary to be uh, an amateur athlete. But for this amateur athlete, it keeps me, A, in the game, and B, it keeps the doctors away. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a good way, really good way of putting it. I, I like that. Um, what else do you specifically measure in your training and recovery? So we've got nutrition. We obviously talked um, earlier about your workouts and knowing, you know, well, I need to do this long or this 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 duration or this distance because of this this main goal, so that the what you're doing, the input is going to feed the output. Um, what else do you do you measure and do you measure your your sleep as as hardcore as you measure your your work, your training? Yeah, I measure maybe too many things. Um, so <laughs> because cycling, right, um, I am measuring my weight on a pretty regular basis. And that's not because I have a complex about it. I just need to know my watts per kilo. I got to know that FTP. The power to rate ratio, if you don't know the power to rate ratio in cycling, once I found out about that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, I don't, so, so just a random story about that power to weight ratio. So I watched the Lance documentary, the Lance Umshur documentary, when the, um, l- give me a second, listeners, I'm going to go on a quick minute to two minute rant here. So um, it was the one where the, it was fucking it was crazy meta because the director started off, it was like, oh, this is Lance Armstrong comeback season. And he was so pro Lance and people whispering in his ear, yo, he dopes. And the director was like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. So this was filmed like 10 years before it came out or eight years before it came out. It was right when he did his second comeback after getting cancer for a second time, right? So uh, this director was so pro Lance and then he just was so blind. So he sat on it for a few years. Then Lance went on Oprah and was like, you know, 2012, 2013 and was like, uh, yeah, um, I doped. Sorry, I lied to everyone. And it was called the the uh, the documentary is called The Lie. And the director was pissed. He was like, "Motherfucker, I fucking was like so." He's like, and now everyone was telling me. He's like, so then he went back to all the footage and was like, that time he did that. Oh my god, he was doping. That time he did that. Oh my god, why was he going in that trailer? Why didn't he allow the cameras? And he's like, it was all there, and I didn't fucking know it. And um, there was the one scene that he goes. They were going up a mountain, and he was bugging out, and they showed the scene where, like, he's going to his train. He's like, oh, my God, my watts per kilo. Fuck, he's like, I just hit that, you know, watts per kilo, watts per kilo, da-da-da. And he's like, he was bugging out because he's like, I, he's like I've won the tour. I've won the tour. I'm going to win the tour because his watts per kilo was so high. He's like, no one can touch me. And I remember being like, that's the most absolute, like, the absolute answer to winning a fucking cycling race I've ever heard. So then I was like, I got to find out about this watts per kilo shit. So three things on that. One, go watch the documentary. It's genius from just a, the, the director is pissed and you hear, so it becomes like, it's all about Lance. It actually is about the director getting duped and being like, fuck you, Lance. You made me like an idiot. And then you end up learning about watts per kilo. So I ended up going down the rabbit hole of finding about watts per kilo and how uh, important that damn number is and why weight and cycling at the high levels, especially climbing, is huge. So I ended up well, kind of and, like getting that's obsessed it. with that. Yeah. That's it. Climbing is where it's at. Um, you know, I no shade, but I know plenty of folks that get on a bike and they're like, oh, look how far I ran. I, look how far I went. And it's like, all right, that's cool, but it was flat. I'm not impressed. <laughs> like, hey, no shade. You know, like, hey, that was awesome. But uh, you know the sport's really about going up. Yeah. Right? That's who and wins the race. That's, that's who wins the tour. Yeah. And, you know, again, some folks are just doing it to have a good time, and it's that doesn't have to be how everybody does it. But, you know, from the moment you're a kid playing, you know, 
sh- shooting around in the backyard, you have that moment of ah, three, two, one, wins the game, right? Well, I'm on my bike and I'm having that moment as I'm going up my local uh, KOM segment, right? I'm trying to get up there and you know, seeing how all the guys with the fastest times and girls, all the all the KOMs, it's all about the watts per kilo. So I'm tracking that hard, right? Um, sleep, undoubtedly, right? Like, uh, and I haven't been doing a great job, but like I said, I know what numbers I need to hit, and I just can't afford that with life. You know, I can't afford 10 hours of sleep because who's going who's gonna to do the other stuff that I need to do and who's going to get out the door to correct? You know, it, it's just hard to get that consistently. So I'm usually good with about six or eight. Um, we hit the nutrition. And then there are just so many other like tiny metrics that, you know, I even got into power for running. Um, oh, yeah, we talked tracking. about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell, tell me a bit more about that. Because that's actually, I, I didn't even know. We, we should go down that route because... I want to, I just need to justify the training behind it. Cause I, I train with power for, um, for cycling, beautiful. But I yeah, just- Okay, S- stop right there. Same thing. Okay. Right, same thing. Um, Cause what I've found, and I'll admittedly say I have had access to it, but for the most of the last year, I've just kind of been like, okay, that's interesting. But I really just want to see about my cycling power. Uh, that's interesting in running, but... And they don't correlate. I've read they don't correlate. Yeah. So, like, if it's like, if you're FTP's 300 cycling, you can't go, oh, I have a 60-minute a, a running threshold of... three. It's totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, completely. Because not for nothing, you put down so... The force from running is so much greater, so those watts are going to be higher. Mm. Um, but in any case, I just let the data gather, build a baseline, and in the last maybe two months, I've been looking at it a little bit more closely and, you know, trying to apply it. Um, if you know Triathlon Taren, no, um, he's got a YouTube channel. Um, How do you spell his and name? And he does Taren. Uh, T-A-R-I-N? I, I think so. He's a Canadian dude. Right. <laughs> um, cool dude. Yeah. But uh, he did a whole series on uh, triathletes and how to break down each discipline. And when it came down to running, you're already in the Matt Fitzgerald 80-20 frame of mind. Uh, This takes that to the next level where, yep, you're doing the 80-20 training, but now when you're going to perform, just like on the bike, everybody starts off too hot. Right. If you can even out that power, you can anticipate just how much juice you need to give to have a consistent effort. Mm. Number one. And two, that consistent effort, just like on the bike, is regardless of terrain, of elevation, of wind, of other stimulants. Right. So I found in myself, I would always try to blast up a hill and then coast my way down to let the heart rate recover, where I am that much more effective using a consistent power curve 
and getting up to the top of that hill a little bit slower, but then using that same power, because now gravity is taking hold, I would coast and would have a decent pace, pace because gravity's doing the work. But, oh my goodness, I could actually turn over a little bit faster because I was fresher once I hit that apex of the hill. Mm -hmm. I'm fresher and can put down more power and then move at a faster clip going down the hill and really leverage that gravity on my side. Try it out, man. Like, it's, it's a lot to, like, say, but it's just like you think about cycling. Because right. you already doing that with power. Yeah. Same thing. You get that consistency and it's like, oh, wait, this guy that doesn't have power is gassed. Yeah. And I can hear that freewheel going. Now I'm going to get you. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> I can see them gassed coming up that hill, but I'm fresh. I took it nice and easy and then I'm going to go. Yeah. And, you know, deep in the race, y'all are huffing and puffing. I still got it in the tank. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you've convinced me, and um, I, I think I'm gonna move into that in the next, uh, the, the next calendar year. Um, the last question for this kind of section segment: What's more important? What, what do you think is more important? To train properly, show up, and nail the workouts. So again, consistency, uh, or accuracy, <laughs> or get personal records in races. So I know that it's like it's kind of like a, 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 a you know off the cuff kind of question, but um, would you think consistency is more important or personal records like to you personally? Because it's a personal thing. It's a personal thing, and yeah, it, it, objectively, I feel uh, yeah. Objectively, how could it not be the consistency, right? Like, and I know I'm a objective driven person, and others are more subjective, and it's like, oh no, I want to smash this, and I want to have this great day that. I... But the records will come, right? They'll come, or they're not meant to be, for me, right? They will come. Stay consistent. Keep doing the work, because um, that progression is not a linear. Uh, you know, process, right? Like you're going to have some of those slide backs. It's going to ebb and flow. But if you keep putting the work in, you'll know that you're still leveling up. And I may not get that PR. I'll be totally transparent. In the back of my mind here, I'm thinking I can probably hit a 345 marathon. That's my personal next level goal, Right. My first race was 444. My last, my current PR is a 357. So we took a, a big chunk into that. But my last race was 412. It wasn't meant to be that day. Different situations happened. That progress wasn't going to be a straight line. But I know it keeps showing up, keep doing the work. I'm going to chip, chip, chip away at it, and I'll get there. It doesn't have to be at the next one, but I'll get there. I love your confidence, man. I, it's funny because as I ask that question, I'm like, well, I know the answer. You know, the, the, the objective answer is, you know, to show up in consistency. But in my head, and I, and I am very consistent. So, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to brag, or, but I'm a very consistent person. I show up for my workouts. I practice what I preach. Um, but when I don't hit my, my times and my time trials that I'm going for, my, you know, I'm trying to get a record, like it just my, my – subconscious idiot primitive brain is like 
you ain't fit. You ain't doing it right. And then I'm like, damn it. And I'm like, why didn't I fucking make that time? You know, like, oh, man, what I'm doing is wrong. I got to erase my whole, the last 12 weeks was silly. And then, funny enough, I just wrote a, a blog post on this. Um, and I, I didn't hit any of my goals this year. Well, one of them, kind of. I hit any of my goals. But when I sat back and thought about it, so right after the race, I was like, oh, man, yo, that trainer didn't work. Yo, man, I might need to get a proper coach now. Like, I might, I might need to do a whole different training plan. And then I went, hold up. And it was two weeks later. I'm like, wait, you ran the fastest workout you've ever ran. Like, I was running times I've, I haven't ran even when I was 21. I ran the fastest mile I've ever ran. I haven't ran. I, you know, I'm still running faster one miles while I'm training for half marathons. How the fuck am I doing that? And then it was all these things. I figured out my nutrition, my race nutrition. I did this. I did, I'm running, uh, you know, 60-mile weeks. I've never done that. Or 100 kilometers mm-hmm. for you metrically inclined folks. Um, Weeks. I've ne- I was doing 30 miles slash 60 kilometer weeks. And I was like topping out and I somehow pushed my body to a- like I learned how to run commute everywhere. I learned that, you know, I learned how to take a shower before getting to a place and just pat drying off and you don't stink. I was like, whoa, that's craziness. You know, everyone's like, that's I can't next run. Level. Yeah, man. So like I'm like, even though I didn't hit my personal goals, I did seven, if not ten things in the last year. Damn, dude, you crushed it because I was consistent. So I still have this inner monologue where I'm like, you didn't do it right. But then I sit back and like, that's like the immediate response. But then I sit back and the delay oh, response sure. is like, nah, you actually, you are doing it right. Cause you're showing up every day. So what are you going to say? Sure. And I, I, I can't even pretend to be, you know, a Jedi master. That's like, Oh, well, here are the, uh, the positive outcomes. And here's what we can take away from this every time. Like, no, nah, yeah, pissed too. But you know, you're allowed that emotion, but also know, you know, there are so many things around it that could influence, especially that one day, right? That one moment in time that you get up for the time trial, that you lace up for that race. So many things are out of your control, right? Like, yeah, I remember watching the break in two. They're like, oh, no, we're going to move that to tomorrow because it's a better day. I can't do that, right? <laughs> I don't have that luxury. But then the biggest thing, I forget where I heard it. But um, once I heard that, I had one race that I was like, dang. The whole ride home, I was like, yo, this is awful. And then it reminded me, no one around you is going to care about that time. (laughs) They're just going to remember how you felt, how they felt in the time that y'all had together. Because they're not all deep into the the sport. They're there to support you. And if you're riding high and you're celebrating, they're going to remember that and they're going to build off that and they're going to lift you up. But if you ride in there, you know, like a sourpuss, then like, man, why do we even come? Yo, this sucks. I never, I don't want to come to your races again. If this is how I thought this was about to be a party, how are we gonna, you know? So once I get that in mind, it's like, yeah, well, whatever, man. Let's. I try to have a dance party at the end of each race, and I try to stick to that because, hey, if I'm moving and grooving, then you're feeling good. It's all positive. That's what you're going to remember. And hopefully you'll come back to support me because all you'll take away is, hey, at the end of that race, we had some beers because I know you don't drink, but we had a beer and then we danced and we chilled and it was cool. And not like, damn, he was bitching and moaning that whole time about some wall that he hit and, you know, some that didn't go. Like, I don't even know what all these things mean. This sucks. I never want to come. I waited out here for three and a half hours <laughs> waiting for your ass, and it's a downer. Flip that. Let's have a good time. Let's celebrate and unpack it on your own time and find all the positives. But 
that's really it, man. Just keep keep doing the work. Yeah, that's how I look at it. I'm gonna keep doing the work. I like that, man. Thank you for that. I'm gonna start doing the dance parties at the end of every every race and every big big event. That's a fun way of putting it. Masters of I didn't get a chance to ask Remy the final master of some focus question that I've done with a few of my guests in the past. But Remy ended up actually flipping the concept around and making it about identity, mainly the dangers around identifying as someone that does or is only one thing. Like I thought I needed to be a, a runner. I'm not a runner, bro. I'm an athlete. And, you know, I'll say I'll say this, um, especially uh, get on these on. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get on this one soapbox. But North American culture, when you talk about athletics, right, we're talking about football, basketball, baseball, hockey period and you know so i played baseball and i played football i couldn't really cross over so i got cut from the basketball team and i you know i can skate but you know i'm not skating like that um on top of that once you get past a certain age you know you're not really playing those sports like the participation in those sports like goes way down but when you look at like olympic sports you know all the programs that they cut from colleges this past spring, uh, all of those sports are lifelong sports, you know, so you can get into those and have a great time and continue this journey of, of health and fitness, either solo in groups with, you know, not a whole lot of, uh, structure or, you know, I don't need a whole league to get out and start riding. Right. Um, but, I think people try to pigeonhole themselves into one particular sport and say, oh, no, I'm a cyclist. Oh, I'm a I'm a strength trainer. I do CrossFit just because that, that comes with a whole identity to it. Right. And no, nah, man, be multifaceted. Like, there, there's so much more. Plus, just in if you are going to take that seriously, you got to do some cross training. And the more cross training I do, the more I find that I actually really like boxing. I like kayaking. Rock climbing is dope. You know, all these other things. So to just say that I, I, I participate in this sport and everything is all about that. Listen, you know, I'm not going to qualify for the Olympics, right? Like that's not where this all started and half off to any of the people who do, but that's not where my journey is and that's not what it's ever been about it's about enjoying my life and you know when i'm not uh competing when i'm not working out when i'm not doing these things you still have a regular life right like i still got you know a wife and kids and a career and everything so to pour so much into one bucket that what happens when you get turf to when you can't run your identity as a runner has been shattered now. When I see like so many down and out folks, it's like, all right, well, I can't run. Good thing I can chop it up on this kayak, though. Good thing I can get on this bike and still do the thing. Next section. Main set finished. Now onto the cool down with our next segment, Healthy, Wealthy, Creative and Wise. It helps us get to know our guest a bit better outside the world of endurance sport, health and fitness. Health is you better watch your diet. So, Mr. Remy, what have you done in the past week that has been healthy or not healthy? Man, what haven't I done that was healthy? It was probably the harder <laughs> question. Um, I'll tell you what I that what wasn't healthy, and this is gonna sound crazy, um, but I uh, we made the bed the wrong way. 
is the short version. Made the bed the wrong way, stacked my pillows the wrong way, and you could be as fit as you think you're only one bad night's sleep away from jacking up your back. Mm. And um, yeah, one bad night of sleep uh, last week had my back a little tweaked, uh, but that did offer a great opportunity to kind of peel back a little bit and take some recovery. Supposed to be an off season anyway, so kind of peeled it back to, you know, to work out today and, and not the not the typical. Makes sense. Yeah, man. That that back thing, I, I've done that before. And uh yeah, you gotta you gotta respect that. I have some necks sometimes I sleep in weird neck positions and then my whole neck is all and I'm like, oh man, just one small thing can just ruin the next few days. Security comfort rich. Easy money is a sucker's racket. Wealthy. What is something you have been doing wealthy or not? Uh finance can be giving, can be receiving. Man, I'd, I'd say it's it's been giving. Um, I, I took part in a, in a fundraiser, uh, raised about three thousand uh, for the Greater Boston Area Food Banks, and completed the ride for food a couple weeks ago. Um, but along with that, you know, just being more intentional about my spendings. Um, you know, you say you. You vote with your dollars every single day. So where you spend it and who you choose to support with those spendings and those contributions uh, go a long way. So um, being more mindful of where those dollars are going. I like that. That's, that's, that's a good, very good point. creative have you done anything creative i mean i know you're 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 an analytic guy like my brain is 50 i say always say my brain is 55 percent creative and 45 percent analytic and i'm always in this battle um but yeah, i know there's a creative side to you man because you take some dope photos by the way if you please please follow him on Instagram. <laughs> his photos of him looking he always has the camera up and it's like these super powerful like you like looking up at this and i actually you know it's funny i actually took a photo today for for my workout and I realized I need to do something like that. And I do my arms out. So that's my thing. So uh, what's, what's something creative that you've done this week? You know, I, this, this week's been tough. Uh, the creativity's been, been slacking. But I will tell you that uh, I wish I had more time to be creative because, um, yes, data analytics is what pays the bills. But I love photography. I love journalism. I love all this other stuff. Um, but what has been creative Man, what this this takes it back to data, but it was creative nevertheless. Um, set up uh, a software to process um, COVID testing on campus and also get uh, just creative problem solving to get the software to one function as expected and two to try to get the user experience that you know everybody was looking to get out of it um so it not not creative in the typical artsy kind of way but man i had to move some ones and zeros to make it happen oh man that, that that's the biggest thing i always tell people i'm like yo there's so much creativity in life like everyone thinks a creative is like a painter or you know a musician and i'm like man you know you creative problem like problem solving is creativity like uh, that like, the basis of creativity is just problem solving and uh you know you, you you could be a mom at home and it's like oh man these kids are going crazy but i gotta get this thing done like you gotta be mad creative you know to, to figure that out so um you can be creative in the 
in the analytics. Um, to you have to be like programmers are constantly, uh, you know, uh, computer computer programmers and and software developers. They have to they have the tools and they have to creatively problem solve how to put all the tools together. And it's just like that's the same exact brain. As, as an artist sitting there, you know, drawing a painting. Yeah, and that's why there's so much different software. You know, if 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 it were all the same, then, you know, game over, right? Like there'd be one operating system, there'd be one platform that everybody uses, forget about your Android and iPhone, it'd, it'd just be one, right? So there's plenty of creativity once you stop pigeonholing yourself into this is how it has to be. Yeah, that's that, that, that can be applied to, uh, to to a lot of life. Here is the reason why. Do you realize the significance of this? All right, last one is wise. Some wisdom. Have you what? what what's something amazingly smart that you did? Where you're like, damn, or or just something stupid? We can go both ways. It's a, it's it's polarized. Man, I'm sure I did something real stupid. Um, <laughs> that's how you learn and get smart. You know, that's I always tell people. I always tell young young kids. Uh, even though I'm not old, not that old, but I'm like, yo, wisdom is just experience. <laughs> like, it's just it's just doing shit and then going, damn, I shouldn't have done that. And time, sorry, it's experience and time. That's what wisdom is. No, legit. I changed the tire, set up my uh, indoor trainer for Zwift, and um, I had a, a thought to myself. It's like, well, I have this jump tire. I don't, so I don't need to buy a specific indoor uh, tire because you know, you know, you know that game. Yeah, eighty dollar, eighty dollar trainer tire. It's stupid. It's just a piece of rubber. Well, <laughs> I, I I was uh, riding. It was a group ride. Nothing competitive, but I ended up flatting on my indoor trainer, and that's like the stupidest thing in the world to like have a flat <laughs> while you're indoor and try to explain to everybody why you fell back on the virtual group ride because i had to stop and pump up my tire like bro how'd you get a flat on a virtual like that doesn't i thought you were the smart one how'd you get a flat inside so you ripped a hole through it then basically yeah it just lost pressure yeah Yeah, it lost pressure while i was riding so we're like hour and a half in and i'm like that's not enough watts what's going on oh oh okay it's low pressure okay got you well the there you go. You can take that for the future, Remy, and and learn learn to to spend the eighty dollars on the uh, on the trainer tire, <laughs> and it also won't like have all the debris, the the black debris. It's not as much. Um, that that's the other thing I found out about the trainer tire. I did make a mess in here. That's for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, it's just like it's residue, it's just black residue everywhere. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for for your time today, good sir, and. Um, I'm glad we got off Instagram, uh, direct message, and uh, it sounds so sexual whenever you're like, yo, you slid into my DMs. We've been DMing each other. It's like, it's like two dudes can't DM each other about like, you know, just, just cool shit. So I'm, I'm glad we did this in virtual life uh, where we see each other and uh, we can talk, man. Um, you know, if, if it works out, man, I'd love to have you on and we can go deep on something else. Um, I'll probably direct everyone. Do you want to say anything to, to, to anyone listening? Man, I never know who's listening and when. Um, so just be good to each other, y'all. Like, be easy and be good. Like it. I like it. Thank you very much, Mr. Remy. Enjoy your day. I appreciate you. Make sure to go check him out on Instagram. He is the definition of commitment and discipline. Also, go to the show notes because there's a link to an article that we wrote that goes a bit more in depth on data, accountability, and consistency in the scope of endurance sports to make you a better athlete. And as always, if you want to perform better as you age, don't master a lot, don't master a little, just stay in the middle. 
don't master all, don't master none, just be, just be a master of some. Ad break. Is the health and fitness internet too much sometimes? Too many conflicting articles and videos that confuse you on how to train and eat right? Or you don't have time to just read and watch everything about, I don't know, the new trends on carb cycling for trail running. Don't worry, we'll take care of all that for you. Sign up for our free email newsletter, Three Thing Thursday. We'll put three perfectly curated and created things in your inbox for better living and training. Go to masterofsomepod.com slash TTT. We do the hard, time-consuming work and scour the health and fitness internet's deepest and darkest corners. This is so that every Thursday, you have a piping hot new email with the latest and coolest tips, tricks, tools, tactics, and skills. All so that you can train and live consistently to do dope shit in your next endurance event. If you sign up now, you can receive my quick guide on how to get healthy, stay fit, and use data to create habits that last a lifetime. That's masterofsomepod.com slash TTT to be inspired and motivated on the regular. Time, 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 time. Time is a resource no one can make more of. So we appreciate you taking your precious time out of your day to listen this far. Our goal is to show the world how to live better through endurance sports, health, and fitness. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate for you to go on whatever app you listen to and make sure to subscribe or follow Master of Some Endurance Podcast. Just type that in. We're on all the major podcast players, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. If you're feeling a little extra saucy, a rating, review, or share of the episode to anyone you know that would be into something like this would be amazing. The more people that hear about us, the doper stuff we can do to then help other people. And if that virtuous cycle continues, we'll always be grateful to you. So share a link to someone you know. If you have any questions, suggestions, concerns, or hell, you want to be on the show, hit us up. The best way is to email talk at delatecreates.com. We're also on all the socials, mainly Instagram, at delatecreates, spelled the normal way, or you can hit us up wherever you can find us. Last, this episode and music was created and produced by Podpaste and myself. So if you like any of the music, you can add it to your device playlist by going to masterofsomepod.com forward slash music. Don't worry if you didn't get all that. There's a bunch of links in the show note description. Thank you again for listening. Peace.